Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Welcome to the Electrify News Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival coming to five major cities in 2022. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Electrify News Podcast. I am Joe Boris here with Chris DeMauro. And uh, Chris, it's been a heck of a weekend. <laughs> it has been a heck of a weekend. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those weekends where, you know, summer is almost officially here, right? And uh, people are getting a little crazy. People, get people are getting a little weird. But I'll tell you what, though, I, I, it's so funny because, you know, this summer we're, we're doing five, five uh, Electrify Expos. We're going to be at five of these doing live recordings and live shows. And last year we did three. We've been in the e-mobility space for a long time. But I've never really had, like, my own e-mobility products. Like, I've always had, you know, review products. Like, people send me something to do a review. But I haven't, like, spent my own money on this stuff. And, like, in the last week, I have gone from zero e-mobility products to now I have a hoverboard, an electric kick scooter, and an e-bike in my garage. (laughs) I don't really know what happened there. (laughs) It's... I think you're seeing a transformation of the market. You know what I mean? Um, for a lot of reasons. If for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, including the fact that, you know, cars are prohibitively expensive for many people these days. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because it did start off that way where I was thinking, like, I want to get a new car. And then I started looking at what was out there and what was available. And the used car market, the prices are super high. It's crazy. The new cars. I don't really want to wait for two years. So I kind of look at my garage and I'm like, you know what? My car is fine, but I still had that urge to get something new. And that's where the bike came into it. Well, and again, I think I think if you look at what we're all dealing with right now, in terms of again, every the cost of everything has gone up exponentially. It seems. Yeah, and um, we're gonna get monkeypox soon. That's exciting. Oh my god, let's not even go there. No, but I mean, literally, you know, gas. Just like just talking about gas, just the cost of gas, you know, has created a lot of situations where people are like, I don't know if I want a car. I don't know if I'm gonna. I literally go out of my way not to drive. All right. Yeah. Um, I have a park down the street from me. I have a Target and a Costco. Like my driving, you know, I went from, oh, I'll go wherever to like, oh, I'm going to only drive if I absolutely have to. Right. Just which is how, it, which is how it should be. We should all be which is, riding that's actually and cycling a really good and point, walking. Right? Yeah. Really good point. It's, 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 if we all only drove when we needed to versus, you know, whenever we wanted to. Uh, we might not be in this pickle in the first place, but regardless, back to the point, <laughs> the, 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 right. the, the e-mobility, you know, the, especially on the, the smaller, you know, personal level, it's really been on the uptick. And I think there's, again, very good reason for that. I think people are seeing that, you know, they can get away with less, you know, they, they get don't, away with less. they yeah. don't need all of that. And it saves them a lot of money. Well, and, and that's a very interesting point, right? Because you, you think about like you can get away with less, like, you know, and that's something that these guys at like Arkimoto and Electromechanica, you know, have been talking about for years is that we don't need a 5,000 pound SUV to, you know, go two miles up the road to pick up a, a quart of milk. We can do that on a bike. We can do that on a three wheeler. We can do that in other ways. So 
let's talk a little bit about that. So I want to talk about the bike. So that's a specialized Vado, right? Turbo Vado. So it's an e-bike. Yeah. And it, it's, it is so slick, dude. It is like really high end. And this is kind of what the angle that I was originally going to go with this before we started talking about gas prices is that, you know, if you have like five grand burning a hole in your pocket and you want to put a down payment on a new car, that five grand is not going to make a big difference in your overall life. Right. But you can spend, you know, 4,500 to six grand in that range. And you can get yourself like a truly high end, exotic, really nice looking bike. That is okay. Just, so I would say high end, yes. Exotic, no. This looks like a bicycle to me. Like this is nothing ah. exotic about this. And I'm not saying that in a negative fashion. I want to be clear. You can have something that's not exotic and still good looking. This is a good looking bike. There's nothing wrong with it. But on the same token, exotic. So get out of here. You know, but that's the argument. Yeah, but you're a Casio guy. You're the guy who says, why would I buy a Rolex when the Casio tells better time and I can get one for 1995? Why would I buy a watch when I have a phone? No, please <laughs> mess that up. Let's be clear. Joe and I have his back and forth about watches. He loves watches. I think they're dumb. Okay. Unless my watch is useful, it's dumb. <laughs> totally the other way with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, you're like, why would I even have a Casio? Yeah, why would I even have a Casio? Oh, I can just pick my phone out of my wallet and press the side button and boom, I know what time it is. You're dumb. But <laughs> regardless, regardless, all right, um, this specialized, it's, 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 it's expensive, man. It's expensive. It's sharp looking. But, but it's again, not, it's, it's not though. If you, I mean, you can go to specialized website and start specking out a bike and you can very quickly get to 13, 14, $15,000. I guess, again, this is, this is, this is the beauty of the e-bike market right now, though, right? There's options for everyone, okay? This yes. doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for me necessarily. Not because no, and you can go the other them. way. You I just go... I, I want something fan, like that looks the part. I don't want something that looks... I pull up and it doesn't look like I'm riding an e-bike. No, I need the world to know I'm saving the environment. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, like, you know, for, for with that argument, I think that... And this is something that when you were in Miami and you checked out the Rad Power Bikes, oh, they no. had the one, that very simple sort of, you know, normal bicycle look and it just had a battery on it and you could take the battery off and take it inside and charge it. And other than that, it was a normal bike. And I think that was like nine ninety nine. the Rad Mission. It was and just like, super simple, super to the point. Like, yeah, yeah does the job. regular bike, I'm going to do that. And there's a couple of those. There's the Rad Power one. There's the Aventon has one like that. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of those that, that look the part and get the job done. They'll get you, you know, 20, 30 miles at 20, 25 miles an hour, minimal exhaustion. And, uh, you know, it, it's, people seem to enjoy them and put a big smile on their face. People love those. People love them. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I, I think that just goes back to the point. It's, it's a matter of personal preference and with the e-mobility market where it is these days there's really is something for everyone there really is so let's get back to the other kind of bigger topics at hand yes. here so i want to talk about lordstown motors right oh, because yes. <laughs> lordstown has been kind of this like weird pseudo scammy kind of thing where people didn't really know what to make of it you know you had president trump standing in front of the uh, you know, the factory when it was a GM factory and the town bought the factory, I think, for the, the company or, or with tax credits for the company. Yep, yep, yep. And, and they, they, uh, it, it just, you know, just the, the other side of the thing, they were, it did seem like 
they were trying to do something and there was some very positive stuff, but also, yeah, it came off a little, let's not say scammy, let's say vaporary, right? Vapor. It, well, it came out, you know, they, the CEO was previously from like workhorse. It was a whole thing, but interestingly, they've been looking to Foxconn. Foxconn is the Taiwanese company. They make a lot of the iPhones, yes. things like that. They're very big, very well-known. And, and they've had a couple of run-ins with like, you know, promising areas like in Wisconsin, a big, you know, TV factory that never came to pass and things like that. So uh, they have been threatening to buy Fox or to buy Lordstown, uh, Foxconn has for about a year, year and a half. And now finally that deal is in place. And a lot of people who were invested in Lordstown, who are very excited about the Lordstown Endurance, which was their electric pickup truck. Uh, they saw this as a cause for celebration. And then like immediately the next day, uh, you know, Foxconn said, we're, we're going to build a, a car called the Fisker Pair in this factory. It's a, the a little, Pair? The Pair. So it's going to be a $25,000, the least expensive EV you can buy uh, from Hen designed by Henrik Fisker. Nobody's actually seen it yet, but they're going to start building them and they're going to build like tens if not hundreds of thousands of these things they say which um i mean if ford told me they were gonna buy they were gonna build two hundred thousand lightnings in a year i'd raise an eyebrow this is a company that hasn't built a single car yet and they're gonna build 50 yeah. to 100 000. everybody wants to build an ev all of a sudden feel starting to feel a little bit like the nft thing you know, starting to feel a little bit like the NFT thing. Like everybody wants an NFT. Everybody wants an EV. Uh, has Lordstown produced a single truck yet? They have. They put it in the uh, Score Baja Rally for 250 mile off road race, and it made it 40 miles before it broke. Oh, that's a uh, that's tough. Well, especially because you're calling it the Endurance, right? Oh, you're not God. you're not calling it the Lordstown test panel. You can't make that up. You can't <laughs> you cannot make these things up. You know, truth really is stranger than fiction too often. And that is just that's a little cringy, man. That's a little like oof. it is. But Ugh. it comes down to the design, right? Like, you know, they talk about so the, the, the Lordstown design is that it had the hub motors. It put the, the motor, the electric motor that drives the wheel is actually inside the wheel. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of armchair engineers who've picked up a few issues of popular mechanics and think that that makes them a PhD, who will tell you that the hub wheel is the best thing since sliced bread, that every car company should be using these. You can put the batteries where the engines are. You don't have to engineer anything. And that's all well and good. But all of the road salt, all of the debris, all of the water intrusion, that hits the hubs of your wheels first. And if the motor is in there, it doesn't matter how well you think you've sealed it. You're going to hit a pothole. You're going to curb it. You're going to yeah. do something. And now instead of a you know three or $400 wheel repair, you're going to have a several thousand dollar electric motor repair. And your insurance probably isn't going to cover that unless you have like, you know, a $5,000 road roadside hazard system yep. rider in your plan yeah there's no way that that's going to get covered it's such it's like it is a questionable design yeah it's like those three-wheeled trikes that you know yeah they seem really fun and neat until you're driving in the snow and the rear tire gets stuck in a rut that the front two are not stuck in and now the thing's going in a totally different direction than you thought yeah it gets real sketchy real fast man 
Yeah, I mean, again, it just seems like one of those things where you really have to get it out there to see if it works. But I mean, they kind of did that, and it kind of they kind of did that. They kind of didn't work, right? But hey, yeah. you know, um, again, well, people I'm, with uh, you know, more degrees and higher pay, you know, salaries than us, think that this is the way. So you know, um, uh, but I do they think that this is the way, or is it just a job that they accepted from some visionary CEO who has a background in? Shrug. I don't know. Maybe he has an MBA, and he I don't know. I don't know. Shrug. Like it's it's again, it's, it's really one of those things where you know, again, Foxconn is now involved. Um, Lordstown, it, it, it's it's how this plays out is anybody's guess at this point. Because, it's anybody's guess it's because there's really a weird. lot of money going into these things, and again, it could be, it could be for nefarious reasons. It could simply be that these people don't realize how hard it is to make a car. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't yeah. realize how hard it is to make a car, and think, oh, I could just make a car, and turns out, no, you can't. No, you can't. Exactly right. Well, someone who definitely knows how to make a car is Volkswagen, right? Yes. Volkswagen's been building the ID4s and the ID5s in China, and they're doing a great job with those. And they recently announced that they were bringing back the International Scout, which they're going to do it as a sort of Ford Bronco Jeep Wrangler competitor. It's going to be all electric. It's going to be built in the USA and like, I think, Murfreesboro, Tennessee or something. But here is the kicker, and this has actually got a lot of people very upset. And by people, I mean Volkswagen dealers, not actual consumers. The Volkswagen dealers are not going to get the new international. It's going to be online order only. Really? That's what they're saying. And uh, So wait, how does that work? <laughs> how is that going to work? Well, what they're saying, the VW group is saying that the dealer agreements the dealers have are with the Volkswagen brand. And they're hiding behind the fact that any agreement you have as a VW dealer does not entitle you to sell other VW group products. So if I'm, you know, Fox River Volkswagen, that does not entitle me to sell Porsches or Bentleys, right? So this is just one more VW group brand that they don't have an agreement with and it happens to be a brand that is going to go direct to consumer how they're going to do this um how they're going to provide service are they going to do their own service centers or is it are their service centers going to be only for international or will they also service other vw group products there's a lot to unpack here but the dealers are just livid I mean, understandably so. It's funny. Again, now we're talking about this car that has a lot of judges talk about Bronco, you know, Wrangler, two of the most popular, you know, uh, non crossover vehicles out there right now. Volkswagen <laughs> is like, ah! <laughs> That's kind of, I rarely, rarely feel bad for car dealers. I don't know how to say I feel bad for them now, but I can understand the uh, aggravation there for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I gotta say I don't get it. Like I, I understand why the dealers would be upset about not having access to a new brand, yeah. but you know, whenever when GM came up with Saturn, not every Chevy dealer got to sell Saturns, and you know when when. But this isn't Ball not every. I feel, I feel like that's different. Hold on, I feel like that's different because wasn't it more of a First off, it was electric cars. 
right? Nobody thought those were going anywhere. All right. So people were like, ah, I'm not missing out on much at the time. Right. Secondly, you know, it was more of a, I feel like people signed up for that more. And again, it was just limited to certain geographic areas like California, places where they might actually have a chance. Yeah. And it it was more of an experimental thing where, you know, would people, and especially keep in mind, this was the eighties. So like, would people really buy a car from someone with no haggle pricing? Could you really sell cars that way in America? And here we are 40 years later, still having this conversation. So uh, the answer is probably not. But, you know, I, so I think in that sense, it's more experimental where you're talking about the hottest, two hottest segments right now, which is off-roaders, off-road SUVs and electric vehicles coming together. Yeah, I could see why every dealer would want this. Yeah, why wouldn't you want this? This is right. the hot thing to have. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that what really has them agitated, though, is not the product. It's that. Now they're essentially competing with the parent company. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I think it's both, right? Why can't it be both? It's it's it's. it's a really, <laughs> Why can't they have many reasons to? Yeah, I get like this is this is not. I very rarely do I find myself ever taking the side of the car dealers, right? <laughs> but um, in this case, it I, again, I think direct sales are great. I think it's probably the future of the auto industry in general. But um, again, imagine this is your livelihood. It's it's. You know, everybody's got to show a little empathy every now and then, right? And even even yeah. the car dealers are. I actually, I'm going to go. You know, again, we didn't plan this particular angle of it, but that's the beauty of of doing these shows with you is that you know you and I have known each other for for many many years, and we've been in this industry for a long time in different sides of this industry, right? Yep. So when I talk to you and when I have you on the show, it, it, we go down these rabbit holes, and I have to say that like. Everybody kind of says, oh, yeah, direct sales is great. Direct sales is great because they think that the direct sales is going to get them a better deal. They think that, like, they can cut out the dealer and get a better deal. But if you look at who is doing direct sales now, which is basically Tesla, right, they have the highest margins, the highest profitability per car of anyone else in the industry by a lot. So, like. They're cutting out the middleman, but you're not getting a better deal. They're cutting out yeah. the middleman and pocketing the difference. And the only difference now is if you don't like the price, there's not somebody down the road five miles or 10 miles oh who God, will give you def- a discount. We're making an argument for the dealers. No. Oh, I'm absolutely Oh, the darkness argument. is setting in. Oh, I, no. <laughs> I, listen, I lived through that era uh, in the 80s and early 90s when Walmart was wiping out all these small towns and all these five and dimes and mom and pops and local grocery stores just got destroyed by Walmart and people who were making a decent middle-class wage were now all of a sudden, you know, minimum wage greeters in front of the big blue box. And like, is there goodness that comes from that? I don't know, maybe, but it didn't seem that good to the people that, you know, lived in rural Ohio. So I kind of think this is the same thing. There are a lot of these mom and pop dealerships out there, you know, for for every Lithia that owns 1,100 dealerships, there's, you know, Bob Wilson Dodge in Tampa, Florida, that is a single store with a family owner that's run it for 40 years, right? And you look at that that group and that they're serving a community that is generally underserved. I mean, what's going to happen if you're in the middle of central Florida and your EV goes down and the nearest 
quote unquote Tesla service center is 250 miles away in Miami. How are you going to be served? If my Chevy goes bad, there's another Chevy dealer within 20 miles. And, you know, I guess the other side of this here, too, is um, I, I, I want to go back to something you were saying about, you know, people thinking they're getting a better deal. You know, I don't know that that's necessarily true with the, the direct sales model. I think a lot of people just like, I think, you know, to go back to blasting on dealers, I think a lot of them have kind of like made their bed in the sense that they've been, they've had, you know, the market to themselves and they kind of like wheel and deal as they see fit. It may not necessarily be that people want, expect that they're going to get a better deal. It's that people just don't want to deal with the hassle of dealing with dealers, right? It doesn't like going back to what you yeah, said. Again, but say- I could hold, hold on, hold on. I could go get a better deal, sure. But also that means like I have to shop around. I have to put the legwork in. I have yes. to go find the better deal or else I'm getting screwed. This with the direct sales market with the one price thing, you know, it's like, okay, like I don't have to like I know what I'm paying is going to be the same regardless of where I go. So it kind of, you know, and again, is is this Tesla make a higher profit? Sure. But does that mean that it's necessarily costing the regular the regular Tesla buyer more? I don't know that because it'd be interesting to see because again, like with all the dealer markups, you know, the base cost of the price of the car, sure. But like again, when you're a dealer, you're when you're in that room, you know, they're throwing everything at you to try to add on to it, right? And so I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you. I think that the issue is not actually whether or not you're getting a better deal. Cause I think people don't have a problem getting gouged. And the reason I say that is because you know it, it takes gas when whenever there's a threat to the oil supply, gas prices go up the next day. But when that when that oil supply is rebuilt and comes back, the prices don't go down the next day. They like slowly kind of ease their way mostly to where they were before. And like they're not vilified, like they're not vilified by the general public. And if you look at like a a company like Walgreens that is massive, multi-billion dollar corporation, they mark up, you know, their their drug costs or not even their drug costs. They mark up the cost of a candy bar two or three times higher than what a Costco or a Walmart might, but we don't vilify them for making that profit. But now a car dealer, we vilify them for making an extra half a percentage point on us. And the, I think the rationale is we don't mind as Americans, we don't mind being taken advantage of as long as we are all taken advantage of equally. And I think the problem with car dealers is people take it personal. They're like, oh, you you gave that guy the same car, but he paid two hundred dollars less than me. How dare you? It's like, dude, calm yourself. Yeah, but again, I think it's like it's just so much work. I if I had to, if I <laughs> but it doesn't to, have to be. You can walk into a car. You can walk into a car dealer. Say, hey, I'll pay this. I'll pay whatever you want. Just sign me up and get out of here. But and again, that's why in twenty feel, minutes. But again, that becomes you know, uh, you know, competing with the Joneses <laughs> or whatever. It's 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 just a matter of anyway. This has become a whole sidebar, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I I back the scout. Um, <laughs> back like, to the scout. Back to the scout. It does seem like. I don't know. Could be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, that whole thing. And uh, I, I presume lawsuits are inbound. <laughs> I presume. Well, why? From the dealers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And let's and let's just say this. We'll, we'll wrap up our conversation about the dealers. There's a lot of conversation to be had there. 
Thanks for listening to the Electrify News Podcast, brought to you by the Electrify Expo, coming to five major cities in 2022. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest in e-mobility news and updates. Thanks for listening to the Electrify Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV. And Follow along on social media for daily clips and more.